Welcome to the Tamarin Learning Podcast, where host Dr. Kirby Ross-Plock speaks with experts on many topics relevant in the ultra-high net worth family wealth management space. Kirby is author of several books, including The Complete Family Office Handbook, and shares her expertise consulting with families and family offices. Kirby is also the founder of Tamarind Learning, an online wealth education platform that develops practical, foundational learning programs for beneficiaries to help them prepare for responsible stewardship of wealth. Welcome to the Tamarind Learning Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Kirby Rosslock, and today I'm excited to have Susan Schoenfeld with us, who is accomplished on many different levels. She's a former practicing attorney, as she likes to call it, recovering. She also is a tax expert with the JD LLM. She's also a CPA and MBA. Now, Susan is CEO of her company, Wealth Legacy Advisors LLC, and she's won several different awards throughout the family wealth industry. And she enjoys working with all types of challenging and interesting families of affluence and enterprise. And today we get to talk to her about some of the financial parenting and raising competent, confident, and prepared stewards of wealth. And so I'm thrilled to have Susan here today as we jump in and talk about a topic that so many parents struggle with. It's one that's so difficult. How do we raise successful children's of, children of wealth? And what are the tips and best practices that many are using out there to help them succeed? And so I'm just wondering, um, Susan, maybe you can jump in and tell us a little bit more about your views on financial education and preparation. And when is a good time to start this um, if you're a parent? Well, thank you. First of all, thank you so much for having me, Kirby. As as you've said, I'm very passionate about this topic, and I'm very excited to be here and and share with your listeners. the The short answer to when do you start is yesterday. It is never too soon, and it, it is also never too late to start educating your children and preparing them to be responsible stewards of their wealth in age-appropriate ways. So I have one client who used the notion with her very little children of that nursery rhyme, the golden goose who, um, who laid the golden egg. And she used that analogy to describe their family's stewardship of the wealth that she had inherited from her parents. And the notion that this is, this is the golden egg that we have inherited, and it is our job to steward that egg and not bust it open and take out all the all the the gold, but to steward it and to preserve it and grow it, hopefully, for future generations. So I thought that was a really interesting age-appropriate way to, to explain to even little kids. I have a business friend who uses a different analogy. His his um, approach is to say even little kids, even toddlers, when they're holding their sippy cup, that they should be taught that it is part of their responsibility as a member of our family that when you're done with your sippy cup, you don't just fling it on the floor for someone else to pick up. But as a contributing member of our family, it's your responsibility to bring it over to the sink, even if you're really little and the sink is all the way up here. So that's another age-appropriate way. 
as your children get older, if philanthropy is part of your family's culture, you can bring your children into your family's philanthropy, even as young teenagers, in order to designate to them perhaps a percentage or a portion of your family's annual giving to help them explore what their values are and to perhaps make a presentation to the family about why they chose a particular charity and did they do their homework. And I've seen parents say, as long as we're satisfied that you recommended this charity for the right reason, we'll write the check, even if it's not something we would otherwise support. If there's a family office or a family business, I've seen family members bring in their teenagers or young adults as an intern in the family office or family business as a way to educate them about the family's finances and as another tool in the overall financial education of a family. So I'm a big believer in age-appropriate education at every step along the way. Well, these are all great suggestions. I know parents oftentimes struggle with things like allowances and what about, I need this because my best friend has it. Can I have it? You know, why am I not able to have access to more social media or the Amazon account? Um, just talk to us a little bit about some basic financial parenting tips for the tweens and the teens. I know I, know I didn't ask you to talk about this earlier, but I think it's one that would be so helpful if you have any thoughts on that. Oh, by all means. I, I have some, some very strong views on tips to help parents financially educate their children. Number one is you, you mentioned the allowance and parents are very unsure about whether allowances are helpful or harmful in terms of using it as a teaching tool for their kids. And my number one rule is if you're going to use an allowance, make sure you stick to a regular schedule. Don't sort of do it as you remember to do it and, and not be consistent and whether it's every week or every two weeks or every month, make sure you stick to that re regular schedule so that your children learn the consistency and the nature of that. My second rule is, or my second tip is in contrast to way, the way many parents do it, I suggest that parents use an allowance not as a reward for doing chores, because chores are expected as a member of this family. We expect you to make your bed in the morning if that's part of what the family does. We expect you to bring your dishes to the sink. We expect you to, I don't know, take out the garbage or whatever the chores in that household are. And that's what we do because we are a member of a family together and we are in this together. And I'm not gonna give you an allowance to pay you for doing those sorts of things. Rather, I want to give you an allowance for, for the extra incidentals. So it's a tool to teach your children about wants versus needs. And as your parents, we will take care of your needs. We will buy your clothing. We will um, make sure you're well-fed and provide a lovely home for you to live in and vacations. But the allowance is for the extra things, that extra toy or the video game or the app that you want or the, the new iPhone 
um, perhaps, or or whatever it is, the the thing that is is a want that I want you to learn to save up for, because after all, an allowance is a wonderful tool to teach your children budgeting, to teach them that they can't spend more than they have, and therefore, it is a way to save up for something you really want. I'm sure your listeners have heard of the three jars, the spend jar, the save jar, and the give jar. The idea that there are three ways that they should divide up the allowance that they receive. Well, I have some suggestions about that. Number one is to have those jars be clear so that they can see the amounts in those jars grow. And back to the philanthropy that I talked about earlier, if that is part of your family's culture, that I suggest that the parents consider matching whatever the child puts in that give jar so that they can see that jar growing incrementally faster. So it teaches them delayed gratification, the, the save jar, that perhaps this week's allowance was not enough to get them that app or video game that they want, but if they save up, they can get there. And it also teaches them the power of giving and the power of social responsibility that accompanies the wonderful privilege that they have. So those are my views on allowance. Another tip um, or another tool that I suggest to parents is as your children reach the teenage years, I have found over over conversations with hundreds of families of extreme wealth over the course of my career, that one of the most powerful tools that they have anecdotally described to me is that they insist on their children having summer jobs and perhaps even after school jobs. And the notion that nothing is more sobering than that pay stub and that people who have worked are more likely to take better care of even inherited wealth because they, they have a sense of, of having worked for it. And so it becomes part of their ethos. It becomes part of who they are, the fabric of their, of their being, essentially. I love it. I love it. I, I just think about the other day, I was with, I have two daughters, a teen and a tween, and we were in the store and I, I remember saying, do you think that's a good value? You know, they're picking up some tchotchke, something they don't really need, but they really, really want it. Um, it might've been one of those surprise toys that, you know, is probably 99 cents to build and manufacture, but you pay $15 for it. And so I love also that a lot of what you're talking about is very practical and experiential because I do find that it has to be a, a learning moment, a teachable moment to really call awareness um, because we get so conditioned that, oh, no, no, that's, you know, we're just eating out tonight or we're just grabbing this. And they don't necessarily see, wow, it's a five times or 10 times premium to, you know, grab food out versus to cook the exact same food at home. Now, I know a lot of families don't cook at home, especially during the pandemic, but I, I love all your ideas on social awareness to help financially parent because, again, you know, there's a lot of things in our day-to-day -day lives that we can just call out and bring to attention that really can heighten our children's awareness of how expensive and how things really work in in our worlds. Any other thoughts um, to experiential learning in that vein? Well, the, to your point, the whole notion of worth it is is something that 
all parents struggle to communicate to their kids is is the price for that thing worth it and we all every moment of every day that we shop whether we're shopping online now during the pandemic or back in the days when we walked into a, a store it is a constant weighing of value versus price is is it worth it uh, is it worth that premium for the $15 toy that probably costs 99 cents to build or in order to to have the cool latest thing or is it so overpriced as not to be worth it and to teach that value to our kids is so important because after all the holy grail what families really care most about is how do i raise my family my children in an atmosphere of wealth and still have them grow up to be productive members of society and not the proverbial trust fund babies and the way to do that is through experiential learning because you want these lessons to become part of their fabric and for them to build that muscle memory that when they're adults and you've passed on that it becomes part of who they are as people and the only way to get them there is by going through that the experience of having to make those decisions and make those distinctions over the course of their lifetimes yeah i have one other thing that recently came into our universe is we were doing a lot of purging right um year end is always that time when you say these still fit? Do you even use these? And boy, we found shoes that still had tags on them. We found jumpers and outfits that never were worn, toys that were never opened. And then we stepped back and we said, okay, well, what should we do with this? And we ended up donating a lot of it. But at, at the end of that cathartic experience, both of our daughters looked at us and said, wow, you know, we just didn't even sort of close the loop and realize we should have just advised when we got something, well, we don't think we'll wear that or we don't really like that and and that they also connected the dots to sort of the impact right that stuff has in their life and that they don't want stuff just to have stuff so i do think we also have this wonderful social awareness now about oh does this hurt you know the ducks in the pond our clean oceans our beautiful parks and just how landfills are something that they're incredibly more aware of and you know, that's a behavioral aspect as well. But I, I'm sure you have thoughts on that and just how maybe impact and philanthropy can also be a great motivator. The younger generation is, is it's so heartwarming to see how concerned the younger generation in particular is about their environment and about not just the, the physical environment, but the cultural environment and social environment that they are coming into as, as young adults. And as parents, we can use that concern as, as a teaching tool, without a doubt. I love it. So two, maybe one or two takeaways for parents who wanna jump in and start education efforts with their children. What would you leave our listeners with today, Susan? Well, in addition to starting while young, which is where we started off, my other two tips would be to model the behavior you want them to emulate because our kids are watching what we do and probably even more than they are listening to what we say. So model the behavior you want them to emulate. And the other thing, as you've said, is is experiential learning find those teachable moments even if they don't pop up at the 
you know, the most convenient times, there are always opportunities to teach. You talked about using an opportunity to clean out some closets and the teachable moment there was, we didn't even take the tags off some of this stuff. So there, there are teachable moments in, in so many of the, the daily little moments that, that we all have with our children. So use them as a chance without being pedantic about it because all kids hate that. But you, using, using those moments as a way to reinforce what your family's values are. I love it. Susan Schoenfeld, what a delight to have you today. Um, you can learn a lot more about Susan's practice at susanschoenfeld.com. And we will also have some other works that she has granted us permission to share with you as well. Thank you so much for being here today. And thank you for everyone who's watching and listening to the Tamron Learning Podcast. Please remember, if you like what you hear, to click subscribe and Click on the bell too so that you can get our notifications when we have new podcasts coming out. And that concludes today's Tamra Learning Podcast focused on tips for raising successful children of wealth with Susan Schoenfeld. Thank you so much.